hi everybody. It's so nice to see you all. Um, today we're going to be talking about overcoming challenges and who would have thought today for me was a really challenging day. So I honestly I was talking to my sister-in-law and I was saying, I think, I think I may have to cancel tonight. I don't know how I can go on and put a smile on my face and, and be up for this community that we want to build. And um, today's about overcoming obstacles. So I knew you'd all be incredible people to be with. And I knew that you would make me smile. And I needed to hear your words of inspiration and your love. And so even in times when you're really feeling down, you show up. And um, I'm so happy I'm here. So thank you for being here, everybody. Um, this is a weekly dose of inspiration and hopefully hope for all those who need it. Adrian's <laughs> going, yay. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, over the summer, we've been doing Zoom concerts. And these Zoom concerts have been with many of the friends who used to come to sing to Jacob when he was with us, and many people who have special needs. We brought them together, and that world has been magical, right, Joe? It's been an amazing week. It's just been so beautiful. And since with Project Give Back, we weren't able to be in every single class. I wanted to create that with Project Give Back community. So that's why we're here today. Every class will be taped and will be sent to all of the classroom teachers and those classrooms that we weren't able to be into. So it's really nice and, and welcome to this community and I hope you love it. And each week that will feature a different theme, a dynamo of a speaker, an amazing talented performer who's young, a young philanthropist who is doing something amazing in our world. And we'll hear from our friend Lindsay who will give us a challenge and she's doing some amazing things too. The logo of Project Give Back is a boomerang. And the idea is to throw out kindness and see what happens. And that's what we're all about. And this is about kindness, this is about love, this is about raising each other up. And um, I hope you enjoy it. So for our first speaker or singer, I want to introduce you to our friend, Hallie. Hallie sang for Jakey for years. She has a voice of an angel that matches her heart. And I just love you, Hallie, and I know everyone's gonna love you. Welcome, Hallie. Thank you so much, Ellen, that was so sweet. I'm, I'm so honored to be able to be on this Zoom call and to be able to sing and, and the message of like putting kindness out in the world and hoping for it to come back like a boomerang is so beautiful. Um, one struggle in my life that I've had to overcome is my anxiety. And it's something that I've had to deal with ever since I was very young, and it's made my life very challenging in a lot of ways. Sometimes it felt like getting up in the morning was a struggle in itself. However, as I got older, I realized that I couldn't keep putting off this issue and I needed to address it. Soon, mountains became flat road, and lastly, I found myself feeling okay again. I found a way to minimize my fear and lower my anxiety. Ultimately, this entire experience has taught me to never give up on yourself and to never underestimate the power of others around you. Sometimes in order to conquer your mountains, you must have someone there to help guide you. 
the song that I'm going to sing today is a song called Rise Up by Andrea Day, and I feel that it encapsulates this message perfectly. I hope you enjoy. You've broken down and tired of living life on a maybe go round, and you can't find the fighter. But I see it in you, so we gon' walk it out and move mountains. We gon' walk it out and move mountains. And I'll rise up, rise like the day. I'll rise up, rise unafraid. isn't quiet and it feels like it's getting hard to breathe and I know you feel like dying but I promise we'll take the world to its feet and move mountains bring it to its feet and move mountains and I'll rise up, rise like the day. I'll rise up, I'll rise unafraid. I'll rise up, and I'll do it a thousand times again for you.
Oh, Hallie, I love you. <laughs> love you too. You really are an angel. Thank you so much. And thank you for talking about something so um, difficult. That's really hard to admit that there's something, you know, we all look at you and we just see this strong, just brilliant person. And you, we all struggle through something. And um, wow, that was just amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I'm looking at her and her name is Adrian Davis Gold. Adrian used to be a Canadian television personality who specialized in fashion, style, and beauty. I first met Adrian and she was giving a talk about inner beauty. And she was absolutely hilarious, but filled with so much um, genuine content and so authentic and so real. And I just fell in love with her. And she has so much wisdom. And Adrian, will you talk with us a little bit about overcoming obstacles, please? So it would be my pleasure. It's such an honor to be anywhere where Ellen Schwartz is and Ellen Schwartz's energy that makes everything just that much more elevated, makes us all rise up. Hallie, that was spectacular. You're very gifted, my gosh, what a soulful girl. So you just heard a little biography of me, but before I tell you about my personal rising up, I'm gonna share something with you, which I hope you'll find interesting, as interesting as I did. This happened several centuries ago, maybe 400 years ago, in ancient China. And it was a time where the Chinese created pottery that was so beautiful and so expensive. Even today, many, many people collect Ming Dynasty China, things that was tremendously valuable museum quality pieces. And one day, a Japanese shogun which is, who was a very brave warrior, accidentally dropped a precious Chinese bowl that he had. And he sent it back to the factory in China to have it repaired. And when it came back, they had repaired it with these big black staples. And he thought, this looks terrible. So he gave it to another warrior shogun friend of his, and he said, what would you do with this? And the man took the pot, this broken pot, and he removed the staples and he took it apart again. Only this time, he created a compound of glue and resin and into it, he sprinkled huge amounts of 24 karat powdered gold. And he put the pot back together, but Instead of trying to hide where the cracks were, which is what most of us do when we're trying to repair something so that you can never see that it was broken. Instead, this artist filled the broken pieces with thick golden glue. And when it was finished, it was more beautiful and more valuable than after than it was before it was broken. And people all over Japan started breaking their priceless pots so that this artist would repair them. This is the Japanese art form called 
kintsugi. It means golden joinery. And I even brought you an example of what it looks like. So kintsugi is the art of repairing items. But instead of trying to hide where the break was, you accentuate, show off the break to celebrate. Just what the famous singer Leonard Cohen once said, that there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. And I thought about that and I remembered back to when I was 12 years old. When I was 12, I first started to have the symptoms of a kind of mental illness that is called obsessive compulsive disorder, or in shorthand, OCD. They didn't have a name for it back then, but I was driving my mother crazy and she sent me to a psychiatrist because I had all these peculiar twitches and tics. One of the things I had to do was I had to do everything four times. And if it didn't feel right, I'd have to do it four times four, 16 times. It was really hard for me to get into bed at night because I'd have to go from my left foot to my right foot, my left foot to my right foot, and then I have to get in the bed. And if it didn't feel right, I'd have to do it again and again and again and again in sets of four. And sometimes it would be three in the morning and I would still be doing it. I couldn't leave a door frame. It didn't feel right. I would have to do it again. And it was torture. Other little forms of it developed, but for me, the worst thing was the counting and these crazy thoughts that I just couldn't turn off. But the worst torture of all of it happened when I was 12 and a half. Whatever anyone said to me before I could answer, I had to rhyme it in my head. So let's say, for example, Ellen said to me, hi, Adrian, how are you today? Before I could answer, I'd have to think in my head, I'm fine, wanna go out and play? It would have to rhyme perfectly, every syllable. Everything I read at school, Every line I read, I had to make it rhyme. Everything someone said to me, every thought I had, I had to make it rhyme. It was so exhausting. It took up so much time. And I used to feel like my body was this house that was on fire and I couldn't get out of my own head. Only one thing could calm me down. And that was when I read. I would read and read and read book after book, because when I was lost in a story, just like Jakey would get lost in a song, when I was lost in a story for a short time, that part of my brain wouldn't torture me. Well, the years went on and I struggled with many forms of it. And eventually by the time I was about 16, the rhyming tick stopped for me. But by that point, I could rhyme anything. I could speak to you for an hour, fully in rhyme, right now to this day, without even taking a breath. So I started to write poems. 
my first paid job was for, in the old days, when we had bat mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs, they used to have something called candle lighting ceremonies. And someone would come up and they would light the candle. And grown-ups would pay me to write all 13 poems for all the different members of their family. They would tell me a little bit about each person and I would go home and I would write them all in five minutes and pretend it took me two days so I could charge lots of money. And then I started to write poems for my friends for their birthdays. And then I started writing for greeting cards and I got paid for that. And the more I read, the more words I learned, because I still calmed my anxiety, Hallie, because OCD is a very extreme form of an anxiety disorder with reading. So now, not only could I rhyme everything, I had a gazillion words in my head from the books. And because I had to rhyme every line of the book, I would memorize them. By the time I was 20 years old, they started to have medication. That was helpful. Wasn't perfect to this day. I'm still on it. It's not perfect, but it's 90%. And that's good enough for me. And so this girl who spent the first four to five years of her teens getting in and out of bed till three in the morning, tortured in her head, repeating everything, having quirky thoughts, suddenly became a speaker. Someone who could always find the words to say. Someone who can't carry a tune to save my life but I could speak your ears off till tomorrow without using the same word twice. The very thing that made me miserable built my future. Whatever we have in our lives, not just the good stuff that we think is our talent and our blessings, but especially the stuff that we hate, that bugs us, that makes us feel not good enough, that frustrates us. Those are hints, not to what's wrong with you, but where your strength will come from. The trick is, it's like bouncing on a, tam a trampoline. When you jump, and you fall, it's the falling down that pushes you back up into the jump. You fall down again and you jump higher and down and you jump higher. If you never fall, you will never bounce up. When I look back over the worst struggles of my life, the worst heartbreak, the worst frustration, all of the best of me was born in those times. Now I know when you're young, it's hard to believe that this is true. You think you'll never survive the pain 
the embarrassment, the humiliation, the loneliness, the frustration, whatever is going on, whoever isn't speaking to you, whichever friend has ignored you, whoever is talking bad about you, you think, you, you just think you're going to die. It hurts so much. But what you want to do in your mind is you want to put yourself back together with gold. And instead of being ashamed of what's broken, you use that part of yourself as rocket fuel to bounce up higher. I would not trade all of those years of rhyming because my favorite thing about myself is to be able to write poems for people I love. And I wouldn't trade those years of anxiety and torture because I am a grown-up now who knows that whatever comes at me, what makes you great is not what happens to you. What makes you great is how you act and who you become because of what happens to you. What I hope for all of you is that you'll remember that piece of kintsugi. If you have something broken in your house, something that's sitting in the cupboard that you meant to repair, take a bowl of glue, sprinkle gold sequins or sparkles or what's that stuff called that like goes all over the carpet, you know, glitter. <laughs> Mix it into the glue. Put that thing back together Show where the cracks are with that glue and put it somewhere where you will always look at it and remember that those Chinese pots after broken, breaking and being repaired cost 10 times as much as they did before they were broken. We are more valuable when we put ourselves back together and celebrate rather than feel embarrassed of our struggles. My prayer for all of us is that you will find the strength to get back up, put yourself together, and celebrate it with gold. And that's really what I wanted to share with you tonight. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here. Oh, wow. Wow. Clap, clap, everybody. Oh, Adrian. Thank you. That is, uh, I don't know, the medicine we all needed. And what a beautiful way you, you, just, you just say things in the most beautiful, direct. I would have liked to hear a rhyme or two. But <laughs> or make fun of my broken cracks. <laughs> Next time, if you invite me back, perhaps I'll do it in a rhyme. I could have been a rapper today. That would have been the thing. Oh, you are just perfect. You are just perfect. We're all perfectly imperfect and amen amen so thank you everybody thank you kintsugi all the way thanks adrian thanks. bye guys by the way if you want to see adrian has a podcast and it's called rise and shine and it's eight to ten minutes and it's a bit of wisdom in your day and it's phenomenal so adrian thank you lots of love bye bye so
I have to tell you, this summer, as you all know, COVID was rampant. And my friend Melissa Litsky was walking around the neighborhood and she saw a sign. And she sent me a picture of this sign. And I'm not going to read the whole sign, but I'm going to read what some of it said. It said, um, um, okay, we must focus on the positive because this is the only way we will get through this. So much kindness has come out of this. And I believe that it is because we have realized that we are all one big family and we all need to help each other. That brings me to the main reason why I am reaching out. My family and I are here for you. If you need anything, whether picking up groceries or medications, please reach out. If you are in need of anything, anything at all, please call me and I can help you. The author of this was 14-year-old Arissa Roy. Arissa uh, has become a little friend of ours. And can you just come on for a few minutes and tell us what you're up to? Well, first of all, thank you so much, Ellen. And you know what, Adrian and Haley, you guys were incredible. I am just like sitting here blown away, so amazed by this incredible group of people here today. So thank you so much, um, Ellen, for inviting me, Project Give Back, you know, all the participants here um, and everyone watching at school. I know it's being sent to some of uh, the classes that Project Give Back uh, teaches. So thank you so much for having me. And I'm really just so grateful to be here. So um, as Ellen mentioned, my name is Arissa Roy, and I'm a human rights activist and the founder of a global youth-led initiative, Project Power. So, you know what, today um, my story, I think, really aligns with the topic of today's session, and that is overcoming challenges. So um, as Ellen read uh, that, that little letter I posted um, on, my, on my street just to spread some positivity and some joy, um, you know, that was a huge part of um, my, my story. But I kind of want to take you guys back a little bit to where it all started for me. So, um, you know, it all started in a small school um, in the outskirts of Dili, India where I was first exposed to the issue of extreme poverty. So, you know, I'm from Toronto, Canada, and although there is a high homelessness rate here, anything above zero is way too high. Um, it, it still is much less than uh, most developing countries around the world. So coming from uh, the bubble I, I live in today, or, or I used to live in, and I still live in today, um, to seeing young children begging on the streets for something as simple as food, you know, things that a lot of us take for granted every single day, um, really, really shaped me and was my turning point. So on, on that same trip to India, I had another really incredible experience, and uh, that was my, the opportunity I had uh, to visit a local school uh, where students aged 4 to 13 all learned in the same classroom, and I had the opportunity to chat with them uh, about their way of life and how they live, and, you know, this school was not like anything I'd ever seen before. Um, it was literally made up of dirt, newspapers, 
a couple of bed sheets and a few bricks which looked like they were going to collapse. I'm not joking. This is proof. This is true. Despite how incredibly just unreal this sounds, it's reality for, for many students around the world. So, you know, hearing their hardships as much as I could uh, understand because, of course, language was a barrier. And just seeing um, and uh, was absolutely eye-opening. Uh, a moment for me that um, really changed uh, my life and my ultimate goal here. Now, before I continue talking about life purpose, I just want to uh, point out that at the time of my trip, I was only 10 years old. <laughs> so, you know how, um, did you see there, I, I just laughed a little bit. Yeah, that, that was my challenge and this continues even today. So when I came home uh, from India, I knew I wanted to go out into the world, share about my experience, uh, and of course, ultimately be a part of the solution to poverty through ensuring all students have access to quality access to education, sorry. But when I first started off telling people about it, I never really felt taken seriously. Now, I'm not saying the people I spoke to were mean or unkind, but I think it was two things that made this the outcome. Number one, myself, and number two, society. I think in the Western world, uh, age acts as a barrier, along with many other things, you know, race, gender, socioeconomic status, all of these act as a block um, for many of us, both negatively and, and sometimes positively, but mainly negatively. But for me, you know, having no other opinion besides uh, the one which society was feeding and as well as the people I spoke to, I thought that going after your passions is something you do when you're older. I kept thinking, I'm not capable. Why waste my time now? Like, just, I just had all these negative thoughts running through my head. Now, I'm not going to lie here. This lasted pretty much forever until this crazy experience no one had ever imagined would happen, COVID-19. This time has been such a gift for me, despite all the devastating things that have happened. I've had the opportunity to appreciate the little gifts we get and to realize, truly, truly, truly realize that if you want something, you have to go for it every single day over quarantine i was able to start a youtube channel network with some incredibly accomplished and inspiring individuals including ellen started an organization which has been you know always been a dream of mine uh, and it's called project power if you guys want to check it out or get involved um you know i've participated in many social impact initiatives collaborated with other organizations including the malala fund unsinkable youth Plan International, etc. And all in all, I've really reached a point in my life that I've wanted to be at for so long. Now back to challenges. During this time, I was facing three challenges. Number one, COVID, which goes, you know, explained for itself. Number two, like I said, myself and my thoughts. And number three, my, my um, so sorry, society. These all link together like many problems. 
but the answer I have found is a mindset shift. Challenges in life are like clouds. They come and they go. But one thing that we all have the ability to keep is a positive mindset. So if I can leave you here today with one message, it would be, don't let society take over. And don't let yourself forget that we are all here for a reason. Embrace every minute and don't waste time worrying about failure. Because if you don't try, then you're never gonna get there. But if you do, you're always gonna come out stronger no matter the outcome. As a wise individual once said, quote, if you can find a path with no obstacles, there's probably, it probably doesn't lead anywhere, unquote. Thank you. <laughs> My God, you're 14 years old. Wow, wow, thank you so much, Arissa. I can't wait to see 10 years down the line what you're doing. You're gonna, you are changing the world already and thank you for that and thank you. We call that a kidspiration with uh, Project Give Back and you are an absolute kidspiration and thank you for being a part of this today. Thank you so much. Thank you. You are a treat, an absolute treat. So one more speaker for today. Um, we're calling this segment Kindness Corner, Kindness Connector with Lindsay Detsky. Uh, Lindsay is an absolute force with, together with a few of her friends, went into action and began to help anyone who was in need. And she has been so busy. She's a mom of young kids and she is just changing the world. Lindsay, please let us know how we can show up and help you. Hi everyone, thanks for having me, Ellen. And firstly, Arissa, that is the toughest act in my life to follow. Um, you are just amazing. Um, okay, so I'm here with my friends at one to give and I wanna share an organization that we've been supporting since day one of the pandemic, Beaten Cupboard Food Bank, which is run out of St. Michael's All Angels Church. It's at Bathurst in St. Clair. And right now there's so many needs everywhere throughout the city, everyone is hurting, but the biggest need in Toronto is really food. Before the pandemic, one in eight families were food insecure. Now you have masses of people who aren't working, people who've lost their jobs, people who feel unsafe to go to work, not comfortable. The lineups at the food banks have skyrocketed. The shelf supply is dwindling. I want to tell you about what makes Beaten Cupboard such a special food bank. So if you go on Wednesday, the day that they give out, the first thing you'll see is the lineup is all the way around the corner, all the way down the street. And you'll see everyone in the lineup, different ages, different ethnicities, from families to seniors to everyone in between. Everyone is welcome at Beaten Cupboard. Every recipient is made to feel like they should be treated with dignity and empathy. When you get to the front of the line, you finally meet Pastor Jenny, who just greets you with the warmest smile ever and asks how your week was. If you're new, she'll make sure to say, you are welcome here, how can I help you? 
Then Jenny helps you pack your bag. She looks and asks you, are you a vegetarian? Are you kosher? How's your cleaning supplies? What else special can I give you? I think people think food banks and they think piles of cans. And people need so much more than cans. They need toiletries, they need toilet paper, they need masks. At Beaten Cupboard, they go the extra mile. There's a birthday basket where when a recipient comes, if it's their birthday or someone in their household, they can choose an item. They always have homemade baked goods. This week I dropped off goods for my 91-year-old Bubby who baked for the church. I think the gifts and the baked treats, it's less about the item and it's more about that message. That someone sees you, you're not invisible, you're loved and you're cared for, and you're worthy of nice things. Um, I'm going to post all the info about when you can drop off. It's Wednesday and Sunday. And again, it's at Bathurst and St. Clair. It's super easy. You leave the food outside, you go. You can leave one item. You can collect from your family or your street. Now, if you don't live near Bathurst and St. Clair, there's so many wonderful food banks in the city. And this is the easiest way to support them. Go to any fire hall. They'll accept non-perishable food and they'll give it to the Daily Harvest Food Bank. Right now, anything will help. Um, I can't wait to share more with what we're doing with One to Give with all of the Project Give Back family. We're so happy to be here, and we just wanna say that kindness is contagious. Thank you. Lindsay, thank you so much. Um, I love what you're doing, and now everyone else knows about what you're doing, and we can all help. And thank you for giving that little piece of beautiful information that will get us all moving and into action. So guys, that ends our very first Project Give Back Connects. I can't wait, aw, thank you Ella for clapping. <laughs> I can't wait to see you guys in two weeks. Um, for me, when I'm feeling challenged, the best way to bring me out of Feeling low is to give to others because when you give to others, somehow it takes the focus off yourself and you start to feel a little bit better because you get to make someone else feel better. So together, let's embrace each other. Let's raise each other up. Let's help each other. And um, we'll see you in two weeks. Bye everyone. Open your heart today.